You all are my favorite people, people. Welcome to Capital P and People Work Podcast, where we discuss the intersection of people, wellness, and the future of work. I am your host, Gabby Lubin, CEO and founder of Spark This Day, the two-sided platform that equips employees with wellness and HR people professionals with data. Today, I am joined by two folks um, on the Capital P and People Work Podcast from Just Works. Uh, first is Jen and the second is Connor. Jen has a beautiful bio, so I'll have to go ahead and, and read the whole thing, but she is coming from a field that's dominated by theory. She developed her leadership, coaching, and facilitation style through an obsessive commitment to learning on the job, seizing every opportunity and trusting her intuition pushing herself and others beyond every comfort zone. Oh, I love it. She's been endorsed as one of the most practical, no-nonsense learning and development professionals on the planet. As a business owner at the age of 19, she went on to assume a leadership roles at Nordstrom, Starbucks, Corporate, and Getty Images. Embracing her entrepreneurial side and passion for empowering others, she established her own coaching consulting practice prior to joining JustWorks as a director of people experience and culture in 2022, 2020, my goodness. Uh, she's also a children's book author, which is pretty amazing, mother of three and a self-described personal learning junkie and Starbucks addict. And then Connor, we are joined by Connor, who is obsessed with all things people experience and development. He's gone from institutions like SoulCycle and Alfred, as well as WTHN, which uh, is a health studio and shop, all the way now to JustWorks. He lives in New York City and is currently focused on manager development at JustWorks. Uh, I'm so excited to dig in with both of you because I think this conversation today, first of all, is new because we haven't had two guests on at the same time. So that's going to be exciting. And then I also think it's going to be a really awesome complex reality that we're going to come to the table with um, because JustWorks does this amazing, has amazing, amazing platform for all businesses of, of different sizes, but mostly small to medium sized businesses, I believe, um, to really dig into their HR and offload some of those um, tasks that, that can burden many of us at this size. So um, really excited to have both of you here. So welcome to Capital P and PeopleWork. Thank you. Thank you for having us. Of course. So we like to value both the human and their accomplishments. So uh, Jen, I hope I don't mind asking you first. Jen, who are you as a human? Well, it's always a weird experience hearing your bio again. So I am all of that, although that's the you know curated uh, wordsmith version. Um, primarily identify as a mother of three and all that goes along um, with that. Um, and then, you know, I would say today, not that my identity changes every day, but I'm very present right now to who I am in terms of my, uh, the values that are most important to me. Um, and so I think this question, I was speaking with one of my team members yesterday and I'm um, thinking of a lot of the sort of values work that I've done in the past and sharing that with them. And um, so uh, I am someone who I who really values freedom and growth. And that's in my personal life and in my professional life as well. Um, so yeah, that's who I am. Fantastic. Thank you for sharing that. And Connor, how about you? 
Well, you know, Gabby, I had to really like come up with something that felt, you know, authentic, but also a little bit creative for my answer. So I'm going to go with a one person welcome committee in everything that I do. And I'm going to say that because I started kind of that journey in college being both a resident assistant and an orientation leader. So I was very much so the boy that was like dancing on top of a chair, getting freshmen excited to come to school. And then I've carried that thread throughout my whole professional career. I've run some new hire orientation programs at former companies as well as at JustWorks up until about six, seven months ago. And I think even just in, in daily life, I try to make sure to always say hello to people in the hallway, connect with people who are my neighbors in the in the neighborhood of New York City, which is always friendly. And I think that that's, that's who I am. And that's what I care most about is making sure that everybody feels a part of something. That's beautiful and so important in the work that you're doing as well. I can I can feel it exuding across the screen already. So thank you for totally. That I, I vouch I vouch for it. I love it. We tagline. <laughs> um, well, and you know, I, I'm gonna. I, I should I should add this fun anecdote is that I have one of my very best friends. You know how sometimes your friends like don't really know what you do as your job. My friend, if if somebody ever asks her what I do, she's like, Connor's that kid that like when you go to the office, he's like, oh, my gosh. Hi, who are you? Do you want to go get coffee? What do you need? And I'm like, you know, if that's what you're telling people, keep doing it. That's fine by me. We all need someone like that. That is how you become not just a, an employee, but actually a part of a culture. So thank you, Connor, for all of your contributions <laughs> from all of us. <laughs> well, Connor, let's start with you then. Um, every time when we're, get, we're getting on this podcast, we like to ask people what their capital P word of people work is right now. So what is calling to you about the work that you're doing? I'm sure that this P word comes up a lot. I'm going to go with patience, particularly because a lot of the work that we do, it takes so much planning and strategy and thought. And then we launch it and we put it into the world, into the world of JustWorks. And we're excited about it, but you don't see change overnight. Things don't happen in a matter of hours. So there's so much work that has to happen. There's a lot of patience along the way. And the reward and the payoff and the impact that you see in the employee base doesn't happen right away. So I would go with patience because, and of course, Jen knows this, like I've worked on a few things recently where it's been awesome and the feedback has been great, but I'm not going to really understand the impact of the work that we've done for probably another 10 to 12 months. You're the first person to use patience, so don't discount oh, yourself. Wow. I think... Oh. That's a fantastic word. Jen, what about you? What are you honing in on today? Now I'm feeling the pressure to have like a first P word to keep up. Um, <laughs> uh, so mine is um, perseverance and specifically, you know, we're recording this, you know, last two weeks of the year and I'm finding that, uh, that people are either in one of two places right now. They're like guns ablazing, finish the year strong, like all out scheduling all the things or they're like exhausted and trying to pull back. And I myself am finding myself in that space literally moment to moment. And so I'm finding this year harder to um, navigate at this time of year. So I think perseverance just to get get through it. <laughs> that is also a new word. So good job. And I think it's a yes. <laughs> I think it's an important one and one that often gets tied into this idea of resilience. And I think resilience is such an interesting, hot topic in that we 
we say to get through something, you should be resilient or cultivate resilience. And if you do that, then like you're stronger and better, et cetera. But the true meaning of resilience isn't to just get through something or to accomplish something. It's to be able to like hold yourself stronger because you were able to, you know, understand the ebbs and flows of a challenge. So I, I, I love that. And I think that's a important thing to be thinking about at this time. And I do think um, as we, as this podcast actually gets uh, shared in, in the new year, it'll continue to be important because we're nearing sad seasonal affective disorder and a time where people really um, are not motivated as much and need to be thinking about what will help them get from point A to point B and really bring back that joy in their work. So it's, it's, I think a really timely word. So I appreciate that, Jen. Well, and it makes me think about, you know, been just listening to a bunch of different things lately and just, you know, so ingrained in our culture, I mean, especially sort of at the, you know, flip of the calendar, but power through, set the goals, do, you know, do the thing. Like, it's just like, you know, it's the American way as opposed to, you know, the, the winter and the darkness and the rest and the like the you know and so it's I'm just you know I'm just keenly aware of that right now of that just that constant drive to do more and push through it as you say like prove that resilience as opposed to really like checking in and like you know what do you actually need right now which I think for most people right now I would venture to say is more rest and restoration after a long crazy couple of years yeah Mm. love this already we're getting right into the meat of it before we even <laughs> fully dig in. So, um, I want to, I want to ask you both, how, how did you find yourself in this space of people work? Cause what I've noticed in, in conversations, most with um, folks in this area who are doing it in organizations versus, uh, coaching or consulting outside is that they kind of land in it by happenstance. It wasn't necessarily the thing that they had planned on going and, and being a part of, but it's what, ended up bringing them joy and, and what they saw they were really good at just by circumstance. So would love to hear, maybe we can start with Jen. How did you find yourself in this work? Yeah, I, I, I literally have never met a single HR person who like set out to go into HR, not one ever. Um, <laughs> Why I know that, they're out huh? there. I don't know. It's sort of a weird thing. And so I am, uh, I am not that person. Um, yeah, I mean, you know, early, early days, I was, I was like reorged into HR. I was uh, managing a sales team and they put me into oversee the training team. And I was like, I know nothing about training. And they said, you're a great manager, you'll figure it out. And I wasn't even aware. I mean, I'm dating myself right now. This is like, they're, you know, 2000, well, 2000 actually. And I wasn't even really aware that like corporate training was a thing. It just wasn't, I hadn't been in that world before. And so I started to really, um, you know, I mean, I fell in love right away with just that, you know, being that guide. I always loved the idea of teaching, but I could never, I knew I would never make it as a teacher. So I really fell into it that way. And then I think over the course of all the different roles that I've had, you know, just first is the first role where I've, I really had like people experience and certainly culture. It's a role that I sort of created for myself when I, when I made that shift from consulting for just works to coming on uh, in-house. And, um, and so now it's amazing because I can really just, um, focus on that part of it you know it's it's HR and it's people focused but I've really sort of like whittled away the things that you know I can do I know enough to be dangerous but I love this space of people experience learning growth 
culture engagement, just that whole um, world. So, you know, it's one of those things when you think, did I intend to get here? No, but when I look backward, every single move sort of makes sense as to, as to how I got here. Beautiful, beautiful. Connor, how about you? Was your in? Similarly, it wasn't necessarily in the plans. I graduated from college with a degree in marketing and was finding myself interviewing at a lot of different ad agencies and PR agencies thinking that I was going to be a copywriter or like an account executive or something that was in the world making advertisements. Slowly but surely, I hated interviewing at those places. Like I just had no joy or no spark when I would walk out of those interviews. And at the same time, as a means of making money, I was working the front desk at SoulCycle. And that was where I had that aha moment where I was like, wow, I really love interacting with people. I love being behind the desk. I love serving people, hospitality, all of those connections that are happening. And at the time, SoulCycle is kind of this enigma where we only had like six or seven studios. It was very new. Boutique fitness was completely different at the time than what it looks like now. So there was something that felt like magic in a bottle about SoulCycle. And I wanted to invest in that. And sure enough, they needed a manager. So I started my management career there and I was managing people and opening up new studios and creating training decks for new roles that were popping up because it was such a booming, growing business. And then I just kind of kept that going in each role that I had after that. I did it at Alfred and then at JustWorks is the place where I really get to have like the utopia of learning and development and people experience where, you know, my title is people experience manager. I get to really do a lot of cool work. We have the budget and the support of our leadership team, like all of the things that you would want to do in the world of professional development and investing in people and, and putting people on a learning path we get to do here. So that's what's been really incredible is that in other jobs, I was doing kind of piecemeal, like learning and development and, and things here and there. But at JustWorks, I get to give 100% of my focus to investing in our people to realize their potential. Amazing. And um, I'll just share that obviously, maybe not obviously, I come from a fitness background as well. So I love being able to connect on on the wellness and fitness side with folks. So I'm excited to dig into that a little <laughs> bit more, Connor. <laughs> um, and I find it particularly fascinating to have conversations with HR people, people, people who are in HR businesses, right? So you're not just doing the function at your organization, but the entire company is focused on helping doing some part of that for, for other folks. So I, you know, talk to me about what that feels like being in that role and and, and how that works at JustWorks. I I will say it's, it, quite honestly, it's bizarre and disorienting, but in the very best of ways. So, you know, having spent, you know, my entire career, you know, knocking on the doors of the business, here's why you need to pay attention to your people, give us a seat at the table, here, you know, here's the proof and trying to put together some ROI for stuff you just can't measure. Um, I I remember having you know some very early on conversations about like people are asking me for competence fees like that is like the a swear word in most places and they're asking me for that and so um, it is it's, it's a true um, gift to be in the HR space because everybody here gets it now you know we have not everybody here is being like the direct work of HR but we all understand the business we're in we're deeply committed to our, you know, purpose of helping people realize their potential and, and, and helping small businesses grow. 
Um, and so, uh, so everyone's aligned in that. And so, yeah, do people roll their eyes when you do like performance reviews? Of course, that will never change. But, but it's not because you have to prove uh, the why behind it. Um, and I think, you know, also to, to what Connor said, you know, we, it's a, we feel really lucky because, you know, to sort of put your money where your mouth is, so to speak. And, and our team, we laugh often because so many of us, where we've come from, we're like hardwired to do everything like so scrappy. So a lot of times we'll get a challenge and right away we go to work thinking, you know, that there's no resources. It's like, oh, well, wait, we have resources here. What would we do if we actually had that? And so that's been um, super fun. And I mean, Connor led a lot of programs like that, but I think it's, I mean, I don't know, Connor, for you, I we had those conversations about expanding what's possible when people actually are, you know, willing to support the work that we're doing. Connor, how does it feel on your side being in a slightly different position? Have you felt just supported in really different ways um, in this like talent capacity? I would definitely say, you know, to echo what I said earlier, that because we're in this HR space and because the leadership team understands the value of learning and development and investing in your people, we just have such runway, which is such a gift. Mm -hmm. And to Jen's point, you know, I came in when I first started here thinking like penny pinching, like, oh no, we can't do this. We can't pay this. I would get so nervous when an invoice would come in or pro proposing a new vendor or something that we wanted to work on. And then probably around like the 12 month mark, I was like, yeah, Jen, it's going to be $15,000. No big deal. Just, yeah, just sign it, move, move it through the process. We're good to go. So very, very grateful um, that, that we are in a place to be able to do that, but it's less about the dollar sign on the invoice. And it's more about like the impact that we can have. And it's been really incredible. I mean, Jen and I were even just looking at some data the other day to see the direct correlations between the work that we do the retention that we have of our employees, the promotions that are coming through, and even just the anecdotal feedback that we get from people. And, and all of this is not to like pump us up or talk about how incredible JustWorks is, but it's just to say that there really is value in investing in your people. And, you know, I think some people could look at learning and development or roles that Jen and I have and think that it's maybe the first to go or something that could be easily cut because you want to save money. But if you, you know, really understand 10 steps ahead, it's it's that Jen and I have some pretty unique value and the work that we do is going to help the business in, in a critical way. What an honor it is to be able to be at a, a company that prioritizes that so much. It must feel so, so, so different and, and, and I'm sure take a, a huge weight off your shoulders is what I have been hearing. It's interesting because I've been talking with mostly HR folks that are not at organizations or companies that do HR themselves and their, their stress levels are higher than I think I'm gleaming from what you were talking about, Jen, especially at the end of the year. Um, what, what do you think the difference is um, in having an organization? I mean, you, you talked to me, uh, Connor, a little bit about the numbers generally about what the difference is with uh, the people, the retention, et cetera, the, probably the productivity that you're seeing, the happiness, like we can talk about it all day. Why do you think certain companies are able to get to those spaces versus not? For example, what can a non-HR company not function in this way? Like what's, what are the things that are getting in the way of, of being able to prioritize people? Oh gosh. That's a, that's we, a big question. It's a good question. <laughs> and you know, it's funny though. I appreciate the question because we often, 
we will check each other and, you know, and the rest of our team and say, you know, like, we are not a good sample group here. Like, this is the water we swim in. And so a lot of times it's like that, like, how can people not be thinking this way? Or, you know, we, we pass around a podcast to each other or an article and it's like, oh yeah, you know, it's just that like preaching to the choir sort of thing. Um, I, I guess maybe I'm an optimist. I've also had the, you know, very good fortune of working for some really amazing companies. And so in, in every company I've worked with, people were prioritized. Absolutely. It looked different. Um, and so I can honestly say I've never worked with, and then, you know, in the time I had my own consulting, I never, I've I had one client that didn't really prioritize their people. And I'm like, this is not a place for me, even on a consulting basis. I guess I'm an optimist because I do think that the, the pandemic and the social unrest and the racial reckoning and all, I mean, the, everything that the last three years has provided us, I do think that companies are paying more attention to this right now. And I think it's, everybody's got to approach it a different way. I think that, you know, I would look at it as, you know, take, take the idea behind it around, you know, having people have a sense of belonging at work and um, taking care of their whole self and, you know, doing good, you know, meaningful work and like bring that to whatever. If you have a two-person company or a hundred-person company, a hundred-thousand-person company, it's going to look different for everyone. To Connor's point, it's not about the money you're spending. It's like that mindset. And so I do see it changing. And I think what's, what's exciting to me is that because of the tight talent market we've been in, the companies who aren't prioritizing it are just, they're feeling it you know people now are voting with their you know exit <laughs> exit letters I guess so um so I think that that pressure coming from employees around demanding that which they deserve is a really good thing because it's going to really force that you know the people the companies who get it to you know to rise to the challenge you know and the challenge then is to think about how do we do these things in in ways that are are right size to the company, you know, that's not the cliche, you know, ping pong table. Okay, we have a ping pong table, I'm not gonna lie to you, but um, <laughs> but it's not like it's not about that. And so that it's really that that companies take the time to understand what do their people need and address those needs and not looking around and comparing to like what other companies, especially in different like industries or with completely different, you know, financial situations too. So um, I don't know. I'm an optimist. I think people are getting on board. Yeah, I think I would lean into some social media jargon and just say, like, if you know, you know, and, mm -hmm. you know, the the CEOs and the leadership teams that understand the value here, they're, they're going to push forward with it. And again, it doesn't mean that you have a massive budget for it. There's so much that you can do with so little money. It's about the time and the care and understanding that no matter who you are, entry level, executive level, senior manager, everybody is on a learning journey, everybody can improve. And there's ways that we can all kind of level up. So you know, again, we're, we're lucky to be in the space that we are, but even, you know, wherever I go in my career beyond this, I, I know that there's like a lot of work that can be done here and it's going to make a big impact on the employees, no matter what the company is. Yeah. But you're not going anywhere just to level no, up here in, front, in no. front of all these listeners. <laughs> Two people first. How, how could you not? <laughs> Um, yeah, that's awesome. And, and, and Jen, similar to what you were saying too, and I think what, what you were um, doubling down on Connor is there is a change that's happening in the market right now where employers, even though there are a lot of layoffs that are happening and there's some uncertainty that's coming um, into the economy, there, 
the employees are still a big part of the driver's scene, essentially. They are deciding which companies are going to be thriving and which ones are just going to be surviving by their teeth. Um, so similarly, coming from a, a people-first company and, and having had experiences maybe with less people-first companies or at least a, a, a time that was less people-first what to you are indicators of a people first company? What are like, yes, like that's the thing that makes me the proudest or like that is how I know that the leadership actually cares about the staff. What are some of those markers for you? Connor, you want to take this one to start? You know what I would say and and maybe people listening to this will think that this is overly common, but I don't know that it is. When I worked at SoulCycle, it was required for every single employee to work a front desk shift, and they had to do a series of front desk shifts, whether you were an accountant, a graphic designer, you know, working on the real estate team, you had to do that. And the same thing was true at Alfred. You had to go out in the field, and you had to kind of run around and run errands and pick up groceries and do the work of those Alfreds, which are concierge that, you know, were serving different apartment buildings in urban areas. And the same thing rings true here at JustWorks. We have some customer success shadow shifts. And I think that that is really key because one of the most, I don't want to use that word like toxic, but let's let's grab onto that for now. But like one of the downfalls I think of companies is when they start to grow and then the community of employees becomes wider and wider apart because there's us versus them. There's leaders versus front desk, there is the hourly people versus the rich, well-salaried people. And I think that that is just like the number one red flag or big issue. So I feel really grateful that at SoulCycle and Alfred and here at JustWorks, there are those opportunities that no matter who you are, no matter what your title is or the number of years you have under your belt, we are all doing the same thing. We're learning different pockets of the business. And I think that that is crucial. So that would be my advice if somebody was really growing and scaling their business is to make sure that for every single person that comes in, make sure that they understand who's answering the phone when a customer calls really upset at 11 o'clock at night, when they don't have an answer, when they need help and guidance, like who's the person talking to them on the other end? And, you know, it might not affect you in your day to day, but I think it'll give you a much bigger grasp on what your business is and what the mission is. I, I love that Connor and I, we share in common actually several members of our team that we all work at Starbucks, but I was in the office and they had that hol like holiday helper program where the corporate people would go out and do a shift in the store. And somehow I evaded it for five years because I was so scared to death of all, all the things do not put me in charge of making someone's coffee. But the mindset is there. I just somehow um, evaded it. So I think for me, um, what what's really on my mind? And we you know we just got off. We we do a weekly all hands meeting, and um, Gabe, who's on our team, curates these uh, vid amazing videos um, that uh, showcases all of our new hires and really like brings out their personality. And in the one that we just saw today, welcoming our newest hires, um, you know, he's like, "Why are you excited about it? Just works." And and uh, you know, I mean, several of them said, you know, not just like the people as a cliche thing, but like what they were feeling was. Um, like the, the diversity, the sense of belonging that, you know, the, uh, that it felt different. You know, one of our new hires, you know, said, you know, I'll just say it. He said, every, everybody at my last place looked exactly like me, you know, we were all mm -hmm. the same. And so, you know, when I, and I got into a, a little bit of a debate on a, another podcast I was on about this idea of bringing your whole self to work. 
And it was the, you know, like, do you really want people to bring their whole self? And I was like, yeah, I kind of do, but not as a, not as like a idealistic thing. I think it's just that we spend most of our time at work and, you know, gone are the days that we can hide a lot of our lives. You know, I mean, I'm expecting my dog to bark any second when somebody, you know, opens the door, kid to walk in here. Um, so our like, you know, our, our work lives and our personal lives are so, you know, just like intertwined now, especially, you know, because of the pandemic. Um, but then when I think about what does it mean to bring your whole self to work, it's it's your whole identity. So it's not just the I identify as a mother or as a, you know, as a white woman or, you know, whatever it is that I that I stand for, that I can find my place here, that I can have people that I can share with and learn from that I can be my best on those days. And then that I can also show up and just be having an off day and that all of that is okay. And so I do think that people first companies, no matter what resources they have, if they have that mindset that, you know, they're like stewards of their people and however their people are gonna show up moment to moment to moment in this crazy world, um, that they're gonna do what's right by the people. I think, uh, I think that's the foundational thing for me I think it's an excellent transition into what I was curious for us to dig into next was which is the wellness component of all this like it's awesome to be able to have a workplace that values the actual content and the work that you do um being able to you know press that fifteen thousand (laughs) dollar invoice through Connor we love that for for learning and development um but then, you know, what people have been asking for a lot because of the pandemic and now realizing is a larger part of who they need to be is like, I have a life. I want to, I want my life to be valued. I, I know that I spend a lot of time at work, but how can I bring like parts of that into the workplace? So I, I had a conversation somewhat recently um, with a, a DI person and we were talking about the boundaries of work versus life. Cause I, I think I'm, I'm pretty aligned with you, Jen, where I want, I want everyone to be able to, to bring what they want to work that full self. Yet there are some roles that work can play. And then there are also some roles that work isn't really best to play essentially. Um, <laughs> similar to a, a TV show I've been watching on Apple TV the HR manager people thought was the therapist. And that is obviously not the role that HR plays, right? That would be crossing the boundary. So like, talk to me about like, where is this gray zone? Where, what it, where are we moving towards also as we're kind of redefining what it looks like to have HR in the workplace or people work in the workplace? Connor is our wellness everything so I'm going to let you take the lead on on how wellness shows up for us well here's what I will say when I started I started in January of 2021 so as you can imagine that was at a point in time where we were we didn't have any vaccines for COVID really yet or if we did I think only the president had the vaccine at the time you know we were all waiting in line patiently but we were in dark days of winter when we really needed to show up for our people. So right when I started, two of my colleagues were working on an employee wellness initiative that's called Just Be Well, and it's still going strong today. And the idea behind that is that it's focused on four different pillars. We have mental health, physical health, social well-being, and healthy work habits. 
And that has changed a lot over the last two years. You know, we've kind of had like some pieces that have been really consistent and really beloved by our employee base. Something as simple as Headspace, which is, you know, an app for meditation and mindfulness that all of the employees have premium access to. It seems like such an easy like giveaway of like, yeah, sure, let's give everybody this access to Headspace. But it really has been a pretty impactful benefit that we've offered to people because people love it. They start their day with it. They do a midday break with it. Some teams even will have just a little break two minute, you know, breathing exercise at the beginning of a team meeting each week. And then the sleep casts and people trying to fall asleep at night has been pretty impactful. So I think that's been great to hear the anecdotal feedback that people love Headspace and that it's not just this thing that we threw up on the internet and said, here you go, download it at this link. It really is something that's making a difference in people's lives in and outside of work. But I think the other two things that we've done, which is really showcasing how the world has changed in the last couple of years is one, we launched a program last year called Oxygen Days. So twice a year, individuals at the company get to take a mental health day, something that feels like a dedicated mental health day. And, you know, we're one of those cool tech startups that have unlimited flexible PTO. But this is really designed to be like, take the day, be offline. And in addition to that, you're going to get a $50 self-care stipend to do mm. something that means the most to you. So we've got that twice a year. But the other piece I wanted to lean in on is our hybrid work approach. You know, we really have understood that two things can be true at the same time. We want to bring people together and lean into our core value of camaraderie and connect and collaborate. And yesterday was a prime example. I was here in the office writing on a whiteboard with my teammate. But then we also know that life is wild. And over the last couple of years, it has become a lot better for us to sometimes stay home and be a little bit more solitude in our work and take our kids to their soccer practice, or I should say, take Jen's kids to soccer practice. <laughs> um, uh, but all of that flexibility is crucial. And similar to what Jen said before about how, you know, employees are kind of in the driver's seat. We have hit a good sweet spot, I think, of getting people together and understanding that value, but also letting the, the freedom to to do what we need to do at home. And I can't imagine a world in which we were back in an office five days a week. I just don't think that you would have the most productive employees. I don't think you would have the happiest and healthiest employees. Um, you know, not to speak for Jen, but I know she, I mean, even she said before, like the days that she goes to the office, like it's hard to squeeze in a yoga class. So it's hard to squeeze in that physical health aspect but when you know that you're only going to the office once or twice a week, you you can, you know, be easier on yourself to to schedule out your week and make sure that you're hitting all those buckets of wellness. I think the other thing, and I, and, you know, just in front of Connor, I, or in front of everybody, I would just acknowledge that Connor has just done an extraordinary job in leading all of these, you know, initiatives and keeping the momentum going. I think an um, unintended um, outcome, though now I would say, it's absolutely an intentional focus um, is normalizing for people. So normalizing mental health and therapy and meditation and physical wellness and financial coaching and all of these things. So there, there was never, ever a time ever once in my career where I would like block time in my calendar that said like commute or mm. pick up kids or therapy or whatever, you know, they were on the calendar maybe but they were like private and that was just like that's how we did it right you know working parents you know you have your phone at your desk and you're like you the school nurse called and you're like go and you take it away from your desk because god forbid anybody 
you know, thinks that you're like not fully focused on work. And that like those days are gone. And so it is absolutely normal right now at all levels of the company to open someone's calendar and see pickup therapy, like all the things just, it's just normal. We have financial coaching. So we're like, Hey, you saving up for a house. You're trying to get out of debt. Like here, we're, you know, we're going to help you do that. And so I think from a wellness perspective, you know, there's talk space and headspace and like all the spaces and, and, and all of that stuff is really, really great. But beneath that, it's like, what is that affording people? Again, it's like having them show up and seeing that other people are doing, they're in the work together and they're, they're sharing resources and, uh, you know, they, they're, they're not alone, I guess, in, in sort of navigating everything. So um, I love that part um, about focusing on that sort of the four pillars, the holistic wellness that we've taken. And we have a teammate who even said that she got the idea from our CEO to put therapy on her calendar and have it be like a public event. And the truth is, therapy is sometimes hard to schedule or, you know, therapists are not everywhere. You know, the demand is pretty high. So if you could only really slide in that Zoom therapy session at 9 a.m. or 10 a.m. on a Tuesday, then you deserve to be able to take that time and focus on it when you feel comfortable and ready to, you know, step away. But you shouldn't have to spend the hour with your therapist a little bit nervous about like what's going on on Slack while I'm having this conversation that's focused on me and my own self-care. So again, it's it's been pretty nice to know that you can step away and do what you need to do and not have that nervous, jittery feeling in your stomach. I'm obsessed with the culture that you guys have built. I think it is just so, <laughs> it's awesome to to hear about both on from em- employees that I know and and how they're talking about the the community and the things that you've done, but also just the intentional things that you've put in place. Or it has to be built both from, like real genuine culture and from intentional choices and events and and conversation. It, it just, if you do only one of those things, it's not, you can't cultivate it. You have to like really double down on the people, on how you talk to the people, on what you do, your actions. It's just so important. Um, I know we're running low on time. I want to ask, because I think this will be helpful for, for listeners, people who are in your position, what led you to be able to say like, this is the initiative that we're going to take? Was it from these employee surveys that often are created? Was it from like conversation? Was it from like previous work experience? What brought you to these conclusions? Yeah. So actually the, um, in January of 2020, things were, you know, things weren't just, it was 2020, uh, (laughs) January of 2020. So we actually did an employee survey. You know, we were, I feel like we were about 300 people at that time, maybe almost 350. Um, we're 1200 now. Um, wow. And um, I know it's a little crazy, <laughs> hence the headspace and all the things. Um, so, uh, but we did, we did an employee survey and just around um, wellness. And so there were, those four pillars really emerged out of that, uh, of that survey. And then, you know, we've continued to, you know, like listen and see, we, you know, we do look at engagement, see, is, you know, is this working? Um, you know, we're constant. I think when you bring up culture and, and um, you know, I think what, you know, when you say like the culture we've built, I have, I think my view on, on, I would love to say, you know, hey, Connor and I, you know, built this great culture. And certainly um, I take a lot of pride in what we've contributed to the culture. My view is that culture is changing and at any given moment, it's there. It's for us to like acknowledge and identify and respond to, not necessarily to like create. So I think that we 
we've evolved a lot, you know, in terms of like the programs and the offerings and the, you know, and the things like that oxygen days came straight, you know, it was, we launched our first oxygen day at the end of March of 2020. And, you know, all hell was breaking loose. And like, we need people to know that they can take care of themselves. Um, so I think that's what makes it exciting is thinking about keep, keeping our finger on the pulse of our people, knowing that it's going to change. Sometimes it changes overnight in response to something going on in the world. And we really like lean in there on a community of people that, that need us. Um, but like, I never, I never want us to be in the place of like, oh, you know, look at all this great stuff that we have and every because it's, because it's not right at the end of the day, we've got 1200 diverse, amazing, committed people who are all individuals have stuff going on in their lives. And so, um, we take that responsibility pretty, uh, pretty seriously, I think. So the needs came from there, but I would say we're constantly looking at the needs, like, I mean, on a weekly basis, really, what are we hearing from people? And where do we need to pivot? Um, yeah. I um, make a big statement here. I think Just Works is culturally paving the way for where a lot of companies are going to be in some years or months. And the ones that are actually going to be leaning into their, their people, their culture, et cetera. And it's really exciting to talk to people like you to, to see what that looks like. Cause you know, one of my last questions is normally how do we define the future of work? But I think that you guys are doing a lot of the, that work present. Um, and it's awesome to see despite there being whatever economic downturn that there, there might be. Um, Cause obviously, well, anyway, some of the work that like we're really focused on is, is helping companies really get that pulse check and, and doing that in real time. And it's so hard for a lot of HR people, departments to do that because they don't necessarily have that support from the rest of the, the company. Yeah. They don't have as much yeah. as they need. Um, so can I, can um, I just, can I say one yeah. thing about that? Because I often, um, I've had a lot of fun this year doing some panel, panels and podcasts and I always leave going like, we are doing good. We are lucky to be here. Like it, it does feel good. Um, and I'm very proud of the work that we do here in the company that we're with. But I also then, in the same thing, as a as a consumer of podcasts, I'm like, oh, block, like, I don't want to hear about everybody else. Like, I, that's not my world. And so I also want to, like, just leave, you know, Connor touched on it earlier with, like, if you're, like, an HR person, like, you're one of one, like, you're one person, you know, in a small company, or you're that dedicated person in a medium-sized company, and you just can't make the difference. I think what I would say is it's, like, it, it's, one of our core values is simplicity is it's like, like, keep it simple, follow your intuition, lean in. If you're in the people space, you know what people need, just like give them that. And sometimes it's like, forget the programs and forget all the things and all of that stuff. Have a conversation with someone. How are you really today? You know, what can I do for you? Like, so, so I just want to like, make sure that in all of the I love thinking that we're leading the way and that I hope that what we end up being known for is like that, like that, that impact and the, and the space we've provided for people, not like the things we've done for them. Um, Cause you know, it's, it's, that's a, that's a means to an end. So I just want to make sure that like our conversation feels accessible to people. Um, Cause we don't have, and also we don't have it all figured out. I mean, holy cow, <laughs> uh, you know, we are, we are learning on the job uh, every day, but just want to be that like encouraging voice that like, 
you know, keep, keep fighting the fight. If you're the only person who has their eye on, on the people, it's worth it. You know, it's, it's worth it. Fighting the good fight. And that yeah. you, you skipped ahead to me, Jen, I was going to ask for some advice because I think it is hard. It's really mm-hmm. hard to be in that role and to feel really overwhelmed sometimes, um, not feeling supported enough. Yeah. There are people that you can lean on. And I, you know, I've seen a lot of really awesome work happening just between um, different HR organizations outside of work and asking people, what, what are you doing and seeing when this happens? Um, that's something that we're really excited about starting to cultivate at Spark this day, because we're mm-hmm. beginning to talk to many folks. And so this podcast is, is one of them. So I hope awesome. someone li- is listening and <laughs> has felt like this has been tangible next steps for them and, and inspiration. So, yeah. Awesome. Well, thank you both so much for being on here with me today. It was such an awesome conversation, really digging into what you all are doing, what's real, like what's the pulse check? How do you get to those pulse checks? Uh, where can people find you if they're interested in learning more? I'm uh, I'm all LinkedIn because, uh, you know, that's, that's where I am professionally. So. And you will easily find me probably tagged in Jen Fox's LinkedIn posts <laughs> and, and, and vice versa. <laughs> I love it. Lots of LinkedIn shout outs. We're a big LinkedIn uh, company as well. So it's the way the B2B world works, you know. <laughs> well, and truth be told, my team all, you know, they're all on the cool social media platforms, but I think there's like this, there, there is a line of like, bring your whole self to work that I don't, I, you know, I don't see all of that. I don't see all of that. Stuff, Jen doesn't so. get to see my TikTok dances. No, I don't. I don't. Not yet. I'm not not yet. Enough. She's working her working way up there. to it. Connor, I'll, I'll have to see those TikTok dances. <laughs> I'll get in on that. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you so much both for joining. I really appreciate your presence today. So thank you. Thank you so much for having us. Happy holidays. This has been an excellent conversation with Jen Fox and Connor Harrington. Wow. Um, Just sitting with a lot of awesome things. So family, thank you so much for listening to the Capital P and People Work podcast. We're going to catch you next time with a whole new conversation on the intersection of people, wellness, and the future of work. Until then, make sure to rate our podcast and share it with your favorite people, people. We'll see you soon.